Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mile High Hockey Mile High Hockey Mile. Hey, how's it going, Colorado Avalanche fans? My name is Adrian Hernandez. I'm here with Ezra Jackie and Evan of MileHighHockey.com for the Mile High Hockey Lab, um, where we talk about the Colorado Avalanche and all things really hockey nowadays with the abs not um, a part of the playoff action. So let's get right into it. Um, If you're here right now, please go smash that subscribe button, that follow, that like, whatever it is on your preferred platform. Don't forget, when we're done with every episode, it is released on Spotify, iTunes, and What's the last one? Audible, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So if you ca- if you like what you heard here, do you want to double back and, and see what we were talking about? Maybe elaborate a little more with your friends based on one of our talking points. By all means, head on over to your preferred streaming platform and you can find us there at the Mile High Hockey Lab. So, you know, over the last few days, um, we've had some sort of abs related news, um, whether it be, you know, Lonzo Ball's uh, potential not return from his surgery, very similar to Lannis Gog's, in, in fact, exactly the same surgery from the same doctor. Um, we also, obviously, will preview a little bit of the Stanley Cup final between the Vegas Golden Knights and the, uh, I don't know, Cinderella Florida Panthers, I guess. I don't know. We'll talk about that a little bit. And um, I have a fun thing that I want to do with you all called the Wheel of Free Agents, where I'm going to spin the wheel. I'm kind of stealing this from altitude. They did it with quarterbacks, though, which is way lame. But we're going to spin the wheel. We're going to land on a couple of free agents, and we're going to talk about whether or not they fit with the avalanche, what they might make, stuff like that. So, cool. Heck yeah. Let's get right into it. Um, Evan, let's start yes, with sir. you. Let's start with you. I saw that you wrote um, a recent article about Gabe Landeskog, and I'm kind of going out of order from the script, but I figure, what the heck? We might as well get into your article. Um, <laughs> So we heard from, I guess, Twitter, and I, I thought that the headline was hilarious. It's like, privately, the Bulls think that Lonzo Ball yeah. will not return. How private is it if it's on Twitter? <laughs> but So tell me what you think. How does that change your outlook on the Landeskog situation, and does it change your confidence level with him returning? Um, I would say, honestly, it doesn't change much for me personally because okay. um, Lonzo, he just had his surgery, I believe, just two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um and Landeskog is, what, three weeks out from his, if right. that, if not, maybe a little bit longer than that. So I Landeskog still has plenty of time to figure out, you know, what's going to happen, right? And there's obviously the differences between the NBA and the NHL. You can call it the flopping league versus the not flopping league. And, of course, <laughs> you know, the NHL, like, NHL players will play through injury all the time, yeah. every time. We saw that with Landeskog for the last, you know, two years, right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to keep on trying. And he's already said multiple times already that, you know, he's not contemplated retirement at all, right? right? Now, obviously, it doesn't help that he talked to Lonzo Ball 
who had the exact same injury, had the exact same surgery, and this is the outcome, right? Yeah. So obviously every every single body is different. So you have to just hope that the magic of the Swedish, uh, you know, helps Landis Gog and his recovery. How old is Lonzo Ball in comparison to um, Gabe Landis Gog? Let me see because Lonzo's to me, younger. I think he's about twenty-five. Going to say he's got to be younger. Yeah, he's twenty-five, yeah. and Landis Gog is like ten days younger than me, so I know his age. He's thirty. <laughs> um, so. That's concerning to me. If a 25-year-old has this surgery, and you, I know you say like everybody's different, but that's one of the aspects in where everybody's different is that some bodies are 25 years old and some bodies are 30. Some bodies are like Mark thought and they're 35. So it's like it's, it's a different situation. Ezra, how about you? I'm sure you saw the Lonzo Ball news as well. Did that kind of strike a chord or were you more like, ah, eh, whatever? I mean, it's definitely concerning, but it's also really surprising to me that the team would be like, well, he's had two months to recover and it didn't happen yet. I guess he's done. done. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah. That's, that seems like a bit of a rush to judgment by I Chicago. Agree. Maybe that's something that internally they're like, hey, you know what? Let's not be the team that takes the risk on putting him back on the court. Let's move him. You know, who knows? Who knows what's going on over there? I do think bottom line for me is it's way too soon to know what's really happening with Lonzo and it's even way more yeah. too soon. To know yeah. what's happening in the game. So I'm about where I was before, which is pretty, pretty nervous. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. And, and yeah. you know, I think that's a realistic – because it's like he didn't play all of last year. He's not going to play all of this coming year. Um, yeah. So it's, it's very reasonable to be concerned. And I imagine there's kind of a, a plan in place in the event that Landis Gall can't actually go at all, even though, like you, I'm with you. I'm thinking that hopefully that's not the case. Um, Jackie, you were pretty – I felt like of all the people that I heard talk about the Landeskog situation, you were the one who really early on saw this as being potentially a lot bigger of a story and a lot worse of a situation for Landeskog. In fact, we kind of got a little bit of heat for it. But here we are months later, and you were exactly correct. Um, if Gabe can't go – two, I have a two-parter for you, Jackie. If Gabe can't go, who's your captain? And then on top of that – if Landeskog can return, excuse me, If would you rather Landeskog return but not be quite the player he was or just hang him up altogether? Oh, that's a lot of questions there. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for the kudos. I do yeah. appreciate that. Um, it's not like that's what I wanted to happen. No, but you saw so it. It's, yeah. Um, because I just want to touch on with that for me is it clearly wasn't a matter of will. It was a matter of ability, mm-hmm. and I think that's still going to be the case moving forward. Um, just what you all were talking about is I think the team needs to definitely plan for either scenario. And the tough thing is is that if they spend the money for next year, and then they have to think about can they spend it past next year. And right. I think that's the tricky question. But they need to prepare for it because mm-hmm. they can't just be caught with $7 million not spent again. Agreed. But, um, I mean, for me, he's always the captain un- until he, like, officially retires or steps away or whatever you want to call it. He's going to be the guy with the C. So I don't even know if this era you would see it a different C. I, Interesting. It, mm-hmm. It'd be easy to say. I feel like Miko has stepped in those shoes a lot. I think McCarr could down the line be a captain, but I just, I just feel like this era, this generation, whatever you want to call it, it wouldn't seem right. I don't think 
Okay. And then what was the other question? I My to other question was a would you rather. Would you rather Landeskog come back oh, okay. and be like bottom six, not really the same player, or just call it now? Um, I think the team would be better off if he like made a decision and retired or whatnot. Because seven million, you can't spend seven million dollars on a heart and soul bottom six, even if it's Landeskog, mm-hmm. even if everything that he brings. They just can't afford that kind of luxury. And so as much as I I would love to say, like, it's still him, he's still the captain, he'd still be around the guys, not at that price point. Like, if somehow he retired and came back as a two or three million dollar player. Now we're talking. You know, that's not possible. So I just think the team would be better off. You just can't hand out seven million dollar favors, not with the way that they're... um, that their salary caps looking. So unfortunately I, I do hope that he, ha- he pretty much has to come back and be a contributor. And I yeah. think he knows that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think Ezra, you're on to something when you say like, we're looking way far ahead with this situation. But I think if we learn anything from Jackie having some insight early on is that <clears throat> maybe it's best that we plan um, at the avalanche plan for the worst case scenario um, now. Because, like Jackie said, I find it very interesting thinking about not just that $7 million this year, but how it works into a possible contract with somebody else going into the future. Because if you can't guarantee somebody $7 million for three years, you can't guarantee somebody $7 million for three years. It's just that simple. So yeah. I do think it kind of ties the, ties the avalanche up. Maybe not this season, but next season we'll really have to figure out where he sits and what it means for the Colorado avalanche. Obviously – I sent out a poll, and we'll talk about these polls. I, I called it my yearbook polls. But I sent one out, and, and basically it was like, who's going to retire an avalanche? And the choices were McKinnon, Johnson, and, and Landeskog, and a lot of people wrote in, everyone. And I find that uh, hard to believe. Um, I Obviously, is that like the dream? Of course. But it's just not usually how this business works. So, And obviously, he could come back for a day. But I guess I just mean, like, will his last season be with the Avs? Um, Evan, do you think that Landeskog could end up elsewhere? Or is this one of those situations where he's going to ride it out with us or or call it? Ugh, you know, it, it's hard to say. I would like to think that he would ride it out. Um, yeah. And, you know, he, like he's dedicated his entire career to this team. Ten years already looking to make it, you know, 17 if things right. work out. Right. Exactly. But, um, you know, it, it, it's just too hard to say. And you're right that this, this industry is that, you know, that's just not how it works out. Right. Well, it's like, yeah, um, it's like Jackie said, if you, you can't just do favors with $7 million and the only real way to get that off your books is to trade and have some retained salary. Yeah. And I was, so, I was, yeah, I was, I was actually thinking about it when Jackie was saying it, um, you know, if he is done, like this is it. Right. And he maybe he decides in December and it's like, you know what? It's not going the way I thought it would. And therefore, you know, I'm decided to retire. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that contract then look like? Do they have yeah. to buy him out for the rest of the what is it? I don't think six, so. If he retires five, six years, no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. If he actually retires that, which you wouldn't do in the middle of the season, right? He still wants his money. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice um, of him. <laughs> but right before um, the trade deadline, <laughs> if he actually retires, then, then the contract goes away. But that's the thing is that a lot of these guys do not actually retire. They just become LTIR retired. 
And and that would be the thing. Then they would have that contract as LTIR retired, which they could use the $7 million, but they'd also be knowing that they'd be an LTIR for the rest of it, which if that's the case, it's not terrible. You just have to plan for it. Mm -hmm. But then that also means anybody else, like I think the Byron risk is so overblown, but in that case, there's almost no risk because if you're LTIRing Landeskog, you can LTIR anybody else. Yep. <laughs> so exactly. So it's just real dollars, but um, uh, you know that that's tough. Like they could trade him away to like Arizona or some other dumping ground, but if that is the case, I don't He'll think that would count up. as yeah. him being with another team. Fair like. Enough. I, at this point, I don't. Th- if he can play in any capacity, he's going to play for this team. Like nobody's going to trade for him with that money, even retained for that many years with that kind of risk. And plus, if he can play, like he's going to play on this team. So I'd almost book that one. Like there's Landis Fox not playing for another team. Okay. Um, and like I said, I do not count if he goes Robados Island somewhere else. Like, he's not <laughs> yeah, for that yeah. team. This doesn't count. Yeah. So. You could put that one in stone, I think. But the the others, I, I think it is true. You, you just, you never know. Like, one last year somewhere else, you just never know what these guys end up doing. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think I really like, um, Ezra, that you mentioned that it's like looking too far ahead. Because I feel like it's all we have right now is to look way too <laughs> far ahead. So, yeah. so it's only natural that we did that. Um, totally, totally. Yeah. So I mean, I fully agree with Jackie there. Yeah. I just meant like with even with Lonzo Ball, it's like just give the guy a chance to recover before yeah. he you know. But um, but yeah, sorry, you were about to say something. No, I I I like that you said that because that's kind of what I was getting at. Is like it's just natural to be like, oh my god, fix yourself now. Let's find out now that you're going to be fine in two years. But that's not the way this is going to go. No, we're going to be pulling our hair out for another seven hundred and thirty days. And we'll see where that lands us when we get there. Um, and speaking of Lonzo Ball and basketball, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets who will be playing in the NBA Finals in Ball Arena tomorrow, game one against the Miami Heat. We almost could have had a South Beach versus Colorado in both sports, which is crazy. If you think, can you imagine like home, you, you wouldn't have to leave, you would just watch home games for both teams. The whole series would be amazing. Be great. Yeah. One can dream. One can dream. Yeah. In damn, another... it, damn it, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> in another universe. But let's move on to the Stanley Cup final for hockey. Um, first off, I want to start with you, Ezra. Do you have a prediction? And how surprised are you that the Florida Panthers have made it to the Stanley Cup final? Well, I mean, I'll start with the the, the Panthers. I, I think, yeah, I'm very surprised. Uh, they were a good team last year, they struggled all year. So obviously to see them make it from barely in the playoffs to the final is a surprise. But after the way they played against Boston, I'm not surprised they beat the other team. Fair enough. Yeah. Like once they beat Boston, it was like, oh, this team's for real. And and yeah. And they really proved it. You get a hot goalie, anything can happen. And that's what's happening with Vegas too. Aiden Hill is playing out of his mind. Yeah. So how do you choose between these two? It's like, is Bobrovsky more for real or is Aiden Hill more for real? I don't know. I think they'll both probably keep it up, but then in front of them, who's been playing better defense? I guess Vegas. I don't know. I, right. I don't love. I don't. I feel like Vegas's defense is getting a lot of credit in the national media recently. That I'm like, 
Do they okay. have defense in the West? I don't think yeah, so. I don't uh, know. Do you remember yeah. uh, Colorado? Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. I think that all the talk about Vegas's defense is overblown. All the talk about Vegas's bottom six is overblown. I, I I've been wrong with literally every prediction. Yeah. So good on you I for feel admitting like I that. Take Vegas just to make it happen, for Florida. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm going to go Florida. I think it's Florida and six. Nice, nice, Evan. What do you got? What's your prediction? I would say at this point, like Florida's going to do it. Like there's no way that they're not right. They've made it to this point. It's kind of, it's the same mantra that the Avs had last year. We got to this point. Now why not just do it? Yeah. Right. So, you know, Florida has been the underdogs. They still are the underdogs. And, you know, I think Matthew Kachuk said it best, you know, Oh, we're not going to care about what other people think. We're just going to go out there and go do our thing. And that's what they've done. And they, you know, they they beat out Boston. They steamrolled Toronto, which was hilarious, and then steamrolled <laughs> Carolina. Like they yeah. like they they seem unstoppable, and it's ridiculous and it's crazy, right? Like I don't I don't know the last time we've seen such an underdog run like in in the NHL. Well, yeah, it'd be one Montreal. thing if like the wild card team beats the first seed. But we're talking a wild card team that snuck in on the last day because Chicago beat Pittsburgh. I was and, about to point that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Now and then they beat the best one seed in the history of hockey, mm-hmm. and now they're in the Stanley Cup final. So yeah, that's that's and a little that, different. And yeah. if that doesn't happen, then Chicago doesn't get Bedard, and like it, it, it's weird. The whole right? conspiracy theories, right? It's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, like I, Florida seems unstoppable. Vegas yeah. is definitely going to give them a run for their money, though. No doubt about that. For sure. So I'm I'm predicting that Florida will do it in in seven. I think, nice. I think they'll pull it out. Florida in and six, Florida and seven. Naturally, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone on this panel is going to pick the Knights. Unless, yeah, Jackie, it, you're it, about to throw a wrench oh, in yes, that. Yes, I am. It, 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 <laughs> all right, Jackie, you're fired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who's right. We'll see. Yeah. I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's um, great. But no, it's, it's funny you mentioned, Evan, like when was the last time an underdog went on a run? And different sport, but I'm pretty sure Adrian knows where I'm headed with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, is uh, what happened, and I do think that Florida's more legit than the our dear beloved Colorado Rockies. But they were on a run, and they had a layoff, and then what happened? Yes, then they got swept by the Boston Red Sox. Yes, um, so no, I don't really want to compare the two teams, but just just the way that you set that up, Evan, I just it just reminded me so much of that. But um, like it's true that Florida more than just got hot or got lucky. Like they did really beat three very, very difficult teams. I just think Vegas is more of a complete team. Um, Like as far as like their defensemen in particular, I don't necessarily think are like the best, but I think they were, I don't know if it was the best, but goals against like they were pretty low this year. Like, that's how they're making their goaltenders work is because they play pretty good team defense. And mm-hmm. so I think that they're going to be able to limit Florida. So I think Florida's a little bit more top heavy, obviously Kachuk's playing amazing and they have, it's basically him, Vera Hagee, uh, Reinhardt and Bennett. That's kind of where it starts to drop off. And Vegas is getting a little bit more production all the way down through. Like, Barbashev, who I wanted to pick up, but now he's not going to be undervalued, yeah. has the same amount of points as Stone. So if you're really getting cool. 
stone type production from your rental, then like you're, you're doing something good. Yeah. So I just think, I think it's Vegas's time. Um, it probably, it won't be easy. I'd say maybe five or six. I hope it doesn't go seven. Like we just need to get this over with. And move <laughs> on to the off season. With this season. Yeah. Especially when there's three days between, not, not in between, but like three, one game for three days. Yeah. When you get into like games five, six, and seven, that's like, just uh, excruciating. Yeah. Just end it. Like mm-hmm. at that point, I'm just begging for something. It's like a month long series. It. Like, holy moly, <laughs> let's get this thing going. Yeah. But, I'm with you. I've always had a little soft spot for Vegas. Like when we played in that division with them, of course, that definitely took a lot of love out. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, that's I really what think... did it for me too. Cause I'm with you. I, when they, when they were an expansion team and on that run, I was like, let's do this. That would be epic. Now I'm like, I hate all of your faces. Do nothing. <laughs> their, their Twitter account did not help with that either. <laughs> yeah. So. They're, the, yeah, they're definitely the trolliest twitter account that has ever been on the uh national hockey league team no doubt um one of the things i don't like petrangelo or brayden McNabb personally so like i mean i don't know them personally but like i don't like them because of the way (laughs) i know what you mean yeah so ezra Ezra saw them on the strip and smacked them both (laughs) one time and i saw two people who i thought might be hockey players That's great. And you know what? He hit on an 18, and I've never looked at him the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting. You know, we're we're avalanche people, so we, we talk about the West a lot. But all season long, we heard about how dominant the East was, and the East was going to do this and that. And obviously, it had a lot to do with Boston being the winningest regular season team in NHL history. But, Ezra, do you think that this – the eight seed winning the East – says more to that being true that the east is more competitive or does it say that that was kind of a mirage to you that's a good question i i wouldn't say it says that it was a mirage but i don't really know that it it really like bolsters their credentials because because again florida was the president's trophy winner last year so for sure it's it's a really strong conference that's not i don't think that's up for debate but then i think what happened in the west playoffs tells you that there's a lot more going on in the west than than people were giving credit for it's it's classic mm-hmm. east coast bias to be like well our conference is more competitive because i haven't seen your games you know <laughs> yeah. I, I really think i really think that's what it comes down to and with florida i mean it's so interesting how everybody was down on them because of the getting rid of Uyghur. they're like this this defense is going to be brutal but that one move to move him out of the lineup unlocked something in Gustav Forsling and Brandon Montour. Yep. it elevates that team and brings them up to the tier of the rest of the eastern conference contenders yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think I think the East was was really strong, but I, I just don't think that the West got a fair shake. I agree with that, and that's kind of like to me, it's like, well, if your best team in your conference is going to lose to the last team into the playoffs, I think if anything, we just know that they, it was a competitive, no doubt, a competitive conference. But whether or not it was better than the West is you just can't really decide until I mean even the Stanley Cup final doesn't even really determine that because you only play one team from the other conference. So and, I guess I mean, we'll you go both ahead. Conferences had a top seed lose to a bottom seed in the first round. So yeah. that's a do? good point. Yeah, why yeah. don't you just smack yourself in the face, Ado, with your own point because that happened to the Avs. So you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, I will say too though that I think that. 
I've always thought stylistically the East and the West were kind of different, at least in how they build their teams roster wise. Um, I always felt like the West had more of a focus on on a two way play and that the East kind of liked to put the puck in the net. And that's kind of how the teams were made up. You saw that, I think, with uh, Toronto's approach to the deadline, um, although they did get a couple of uh, they did get a good defender. It just didn't really shake out for them. And like you said, they got steamrolled by the Panthers, which was highly satisfying for a guy like me. Um, But moving on to the VGK and Dallas series, is there anything you saw in that particular series that you think the Avalanche could potentially exploit in the future? Or what was your major takeaway from that series, Evan? Make sure Jamie Benn stays in the lineup. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Why did they put it back? Brutal, yeah. No, I think I'll be honest. I did not watch much of it. I I saw game one and I saw like a replay on Twitter and I was like, ugh, like it hurts. Just, like, <laughs> it in my mouth. I was yeah. like, ugh. Um, no, but I I think just like I I know Jackie brought it up earlier, but like Barbashev would have been great, and you know if Vegas had been made it that far, maybe he was available at maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of a better price. But now Stanley Cup final. You know he's going to get paid. You know whether it's with Vegas or without Vegas, um, there it'll be interesting to see. And you know I think when you look at like Dallas in particular, because um, they went down three zero, they they could have made it three to three if they didn't lay a goose egg in Game Six. Um, so you know I'd look at at you know maybe some of their UFAs that that are interesting. I think I saw Jackie in in the Discord that we're in. Who was it? Was it Kimi Ranta? Yes, that was Kimi Ranta. That was a UFA. So like Klingberg maybe, too. Klingberg, yeah. So like, you know, I I can see it as like possibilities maybe for, gotcha. for the Avs, but that's that's really about my biggest takeaway, and that Jamie Ben is still a terrible human being, and that Dallas <laughs> is better without him. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, there you go. I, I agree that he is a human being with terrible tech technique in uh, falling. So according to him, he was falling, and it was unfortunate that he used his stick on Mark Stone's neck to brace his fall. Uh, but <laughs> Jackie, I like think he got an extra game for that story. I think so too, Jackie. <laughs> I think so too. I really do. Um, what about you though, Jackie? Is, are you, do you see um, Kiwi Ranta as somebody that could slot in with the Avs? And like, is Dallas done with this little era? Or do you think that they'll keep pushing? I guess they got on uh, so. I haven't exactly researched how much he should get. I just saw him on the list of UFAs and was like, that's interesting. Gotcha. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't keep him. I mean, that's kind of the thing. If anybody's worth keeping at a reasonable price, why wouldn't they stay with their original team? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see, but I think he's somebody that could, I mean, he, he shouldn't cost that much. And the abs are going to need some non old yet established, halfway decent bottom sixers but they they need a lot of everything they need to sign about 20 yeah. different people so yeah, seriously. It's, it's really hard to say like exactly what the abs need or or what they can slot in at this point because there's just too many variables at this gotcha. point it's like do not it's like it does not compute mm-hmm. right now but what was the other part of your question oh do i think dallas is going to keep it going um yeah. probably like i think I think the good pieces are good. I um, like Robertson. Obviously, is is a very talented young player. Uh, they got games. 
a decent um, contribution from Wyatt Johnston, which I'm not sure many people were aware of. He's 19 mm-hmm. years old and played yeah, on that team. So uh, it's just so funny to me when you hear the narrative like, oh, the NHL isn't for development. Like contenders can't deal with kids. And it's like, <laughs> well, the good ones, you know, like you yeah, see. Like, they Jarvis contribute. And, yeah. Cal- <laughs> in Carolina, you see Jarvis. You see Wyatt Johnson's 19 years old playing on Dallas all year. It's like, you know, if if you make a commitment to it, you might get something out of some of these kids. So I like, unfortunately for us, I do like their younger core. Um, you know, hopefully Ottinger isn't too traumatized right. by, by this cup run. Well, not hopefully for us, but hopefully for them. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think they, they did a good job transitioning from more of like an older team into adding some younger pieces and, I think that's how a franchise sustains without having to to really get into a rebuild or a hard reset kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I do think that they're going to be a problem for probably at least a couple more years. Fair enough. And that means Vegas probably will be too. So we're going to have some showdowns in the next few years, I think, with Dallas and Vegas if, if the Avs are doing the things that they need to do in order to be competitors yeah, again. Yeah, it's true. Yep, if they yep. want to win the Cup again, they they probably will have to take one of those two teams out. And, yeah. you know, they, they're they not going to give just Bruce Cassidy and Pete DeBoer one year, right? No. There's no way. That's so, true. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, they're going to they're gonna implement their system. They're going to do what they need to do. It's not Vegas. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's it's – both of them in their first year with their new team made it to the Western Conference yeah. final. So, you know, it's only going to be, you know, more positive for them moving forward. So, bad yeah. for us. Yeah, bad, bad, bad for us in a, in a, in a sense of uh, there being more competition, but also good for us in the sense that there's already kind of a rivalry with Vegas and there will always be a rivalry with Dallas based on our history. So, it's going to make – make our jobs a little bit easier for the years to come. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. The, the, for me, the face of the playoffs has been uh, Matthew Kachuk. And that has a lot to do with his incredibly clutch goals. He's also the king of the celly all of a sudden, uh, maybe not all of a sudden, but you know, he's got the mouthpiece hanging out like he's Steph Curry and he does the double knee slide on the, on the winning goal in the Eastern conference final. Um, Ezra, I'll, I'll give this one to you. Uh, how do you think Calgary feels about Kachuk's postseason success? And what's your major takeaway from his play in the playoffs? I mean, yeah, if you're a Calgary fan, you have to be upset right now. It's it's sad because he's a guy who – it's not like the team, you know, didn't want to keep him and you're mad at your front office. It's it's he wanted out. And yep. you, you can only be upset about that because that just means, uh, you know, <laughs> you had a guy. You had your guy, and he was like, sorry, mm-hmm. I don't like you. Yeah, exactly. uh, I know it's more complicated than that. He didn't dislike the Flames fans or anything. He just wanted to be back in the States. But, you know, uh, that's that's hard to hard to stomach if you're a Calgary yeah. fan, I'm sure. As far as uh, takeaways from his play, I mean, yeah, he's a great player. I think he's he's he is better than I thought he was. Uh, yeah. I'll give him that. Like, I, you know, I, I saw him as like uh, a high caliber top six forward. But, no, he's a, he's an elite forward. And I mm-hmm. – if I ever wrote about him as as anything less than that, I, uh, I you know, I was wrong. I don't think I ever did. I never really wrote about him. Yeah. But, um, but internally, that's what, what I thought of him, and I was mistaken. So I'm impressed. I, I I'm, I'm excited to see him continue to be the face of the, of the league. Really, I, I think he's been. Um, like he, he had an appearance on NBA on TN. Yeah. 
on the NBA uh, halftime show with, with Shaq and Kenny and all them. And uh, yeah, he wasn't like hilarious or anything. I saw people on Twitter like, oh my God, it was amazing. He's like, all right, okay. He was trying Slow to slow down. Fine. Yeah. He's fine. But I, I like that. You know, we don't get a lot of hockey crossover. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's really important for growing the sport. So if he can yeah. be a face of the, of the league in a, in a positive way, that's great. I'm glad yeah. he's still so, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, I think a part of probably why you felt that way about him might be some bias because of the this, <laughs> the play against the Flames. And he's yeah. always been, you know, the rat. And that playoff yeah. series, um, when the Avs swept them, I remember, um, well, even more so the year that the Avs won, beat them in as the eight seed themselves. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking, like, this guy is so annoying. He would be my favorite player if he played for the Avs <laughs> because he's such a pest. And I feel like we haven't seen as much of that from him in the postseason as we saw from him in the regular season, is that a like a sign of maturity for you, Jackie, or or do you think that it's just the 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 fact that they're playing for the cup, so he has a different understanding? I haven't really like keyed in on him, so I can't tell you like exactly what I think of like how he's been playing. But I gotcha. will say that like Florida in general just plays dirty and they don't even try to hide it. Like most of the other dirty teams kind of try to hide it a little bit or think that they're hiding it. Like Florida just doesn't hide it. They just know that they're going to go call for penalties. They don't care. They're just going to do it anyway. And so maybe he doesn't have to be as rat like because he has five other rats on the (laughs) ice with him, you know? I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I love that. So I, I think it is more like a team mentality and and yeah, um, I do want to say when we played Kachuk in that series, I think he was pretty hurt because yeah. <laughs> we got a little lucky there. But yeah, he is definitely a really good player. So it will be interesting to see Vegas and Florida match up because Vegas is, I think, one of those kind of quietly dirty teams or think that they're going about it quietly. So is it going to be a big clash or is somebody going to decide like, hey, we should play hockey and put the puck in the net to win? Or is it going to devolve into like a total goon side shows yeah. so i could see it go either way I, I wouldn't mind that that would be more entertaining especially if it goes seven like you said if it's going to take a month i hope there's some some hands being thrown um <laughs> <laughs> i i i think that's a funny observation that you, you say florida's dirty and they don't even try to hide it because that's pretty much kachuk so maybe he brought just brought that with him um and you know dirty is subjective especially in this sport but i would agree with you that they're a dirty team that doesn't really try to hide it um the last thing i want to talk about in the stanley cup final segment is i looked at the odds the futures odds today let's do it again real quick just to just to be totally accurate i'm looking on bet mgm right now and as of yesterday the avalanche were the odds on favorite to win next season's Stanley Cup final. Um, Evan, what's what? Why might uh, Vegas be incentivizing a bet for the Avalanche to win? And why are so many, uh, I guess, why are so many betters betting on the Avs next? Season? I, I'll, I'm surprised that 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 that's the case. I would have put, you know, maybe Boston over us. I would have put maybe well, Vegas, like maybe Vegas over us. That, that might right give us now. a better idea on the thought process. Like, who are yeah, let's see here. Okay. I mean, when you think about it, we're missing Landis Gog for all the next year. 
Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. That's, so that's interesting. The way I interpret it, odds, and and I think people screw this up a lot, is like they think that there's like people in Vegas like computing. There are people in Vegas computing the odds, but it's not based on who they think it's going to win. It's based – it's that and where the bets are going. That's why the line moves. Mm-hmm. So – if the Avs are the odds-on favorite, it means the Vegas thinks they're going to win, and mm-hmm. it means more people are betting that the Avs are going to win than more t- than other teams. Um, I'm trying to find the odds here. So, hmm. why do you think for you, Evan? Why do you think that might be? I don't know. I think that's it's interesting to 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 hear that. I guess um, I <clears throat> I would like to think that it's because um, of maybe the monster season that Miko Rantanen had. Um, and you know, no, maybe knowing the fact that the Avs were shorthanded a lot this season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then thinking about like, okay, they're are, they're not going to be without their captain, of course, for next year. Um, but you know, maybe they're going to find a good replacement with the with their with some offseason move or something like that. So maybe that's what they're going off of. Okay, so this one has as of today, it's moved. Now it's Bruins one, Avs two, Leafs three. What are we doing over here? Oh gosh, <laughs> Vegas, come on now. Oh my goodness. So it feels to me like it's it has a lot to do more with who's betting where because I bet you there's a bunch of angry Leafs fans who are like, well, next year it's gonna be the year because Dubas is out and it's all gonna click into, yeah, who knows. But Watch then we got Oilers with Pittsburgh. Yeah, so it's Bruins, Avalanche, Leafs, Oilers, Devils, Hurricanes, Rangers. Vegas is like not e- Vegas is eighth, hmm. <laughs> and they're in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> so I don't get it. Where's, Flor- Where's Florida? Because like repeat champions are hard Good point. to find. So Good point. And even teams that make it to the Cup final back to back are hard to find. So that's imagine three times. Yeah. Hint, hint, Tampa Bay. Avs are favorites again to win the uh, division as well. That doesn't um, surprise me. That's pretty cool. I would say for me, what it has to be is Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon. Um, and those guys are enough to, just like when Crosby and Malkin were in the in doing their thing and ranting in with McKinnon and McCarr. When they were doing their thing, they were – Odds on favorite, and they didn't miss the playoffs, if you remember, until last mm-hmm. year, basically. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it, um, and I hope that that's actually the X factor for the Avalanche to become competitive once again. Um, let's move on, though, to the segment that I was so excited about all day because I got to make this wheel. <laughs> and then, just now, I changed the page, but I got it back. All right, we're going to spin this wheel. And it's going to land on a free agent, and we're going to talk about him. Cool. Holy cow, that's a lot of names. It's spinning, oh, baby. Fun. You put in every free agent? <laughs> Almost. That's fun. I like that. Oh, my God. Oh, what a great one to start yes. with. What a it. wonderful one to start with. All right. Ryan O'Reilly will be a free agent. He will be an old man still. He will still be kind of a slower skater, but one of the better two-way forwards in the league. Um, Jackie, I'll throw this one your way first. Does he fit? What's he going to make? You tell me. I think as a player, he would fit decently. And I mean, we would have to see how much he can keep up or not. If he's more of like a two C or three C, but I think the problem is going to be money. We know it all too well, um, that he definitely wants to be paid, uh, in according to, how he views his value, which as a lot of people do, but 
Um, I feel like if he was going to be reasonable, he would have stayed in St. Louis and they would have made it work. And he, <laughs> he wouldn't have basically told Toronto, no thanks already. Mm-hmm. Because everyone thought, oh yeah, he's from London. He's going to take nothing to stay here. And it's like, you, you guys don't know O'Reilly. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Let me tell I you. don't know. It, it really depends how that mar- market materializes for him. If somebody's still going to pay, throw down money for the Con Smythe winner and this and that. Uh, you know, if it was like maybe 5 million times three, I think that should be the sweet spot for the abs to try to maybe get an older player, not incredibly old, but just older. Mm-hmm. Um, more than that, the abs just can't do it. Like not, not for somebody that's probably going to fall off a cliff pretty soon. Yeah. I agree with that. I think this was the year if they were going to do it, it would have been this year, but it just didn't work out that way. Um, Ezra, what's your, what's your thought on Ryan O'Reilly? I mean, yeah, he's, he probably fits as a player. I'm not even fully sold on him fitting as a player, but I'll say he probably fits as a player. I I think, um, but Jackie nailed it. It, He's just going to be too expensive. Mm -hmm. I I think if, if it's me, he is a guy who on on the the day, on the first day of free agency, I'm like, hard, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess with this. And then if he's still around after a couple of weeks, yeah, maybe yeah. He's, his price has come down. The Avs haven't found another fit for that 2C job. It, he might make sense at that point. But okay. for me, he's not the top of the list. Fair enough. Um, Evan, if not the Avs, then who do you think – who do you see Ryan O'Reilly landing with? Oh, Not the Leafs, that's not the load. Avs. That's what if he went back to Buffalo? That would be pretty <laughs> funny, huh? I could actually see that, though. I could actually Especially see that. Especially with where Buffalo's like, headed. Exactly. Right, exactly, like like Buffalo's going like they're they're going to be playoff contenders probably next year. They were already this past year. Probably going to make them next year if I had to bet. Yeah, and you know if Thompson if, plays way the way he did this year. Yeah, if, if Thompson plays the way he did, like I I could see that being a possibility because I don't think they have much playoff experience like at all on that team, mm-hmm. and O'Reilly brings a lot of that. Right. right. Um, again, though, it's just a matter of you know price. Right. Agreed. Um, and so I could I could, I could see Buffalo. I could yeah, see that I, one. I think they could pay more than maybe some of the quote unquote contenders. That's also true. I like that one. I like that the Buffalo. I, that, we I all know. Which... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> okay, I'll go. I'll go. My hesitation with a fit in Buffalo is that they are full of, of centers. They've got Tage Thompson. Uh-huh. They've got Casey Middlestad. They've got Peyton Krebs. They've got Dylan Cousins. They got a and lot of young. guys who yeah. profile as top six centers. Uh, if O'Reilly is comfortable being a two or a three for them, sure. But if he's coming in like, hey, I'm going to be your veteran leader 2C and you're not going to yeah. demote me, which I could definitely see him doing, um, then, you know, that's gonna that's a harder sell for me. Yeah. Well, it's like Jackie said, like money talks with O'Reilly too. So if he's asking for that money, he's asking for that role. And if he's getting that money, they're probably not going to be comfortable with putting him in that bottom six, even if he's looking like that kind of player. Yeah. Um all right, well then, you heard it here first. No Ryan O'Reilly in another in a Colorado Avalanche jersey again. So, I like Brian's response. It's a simple no. No, yeah, that was a good one, Brian. You're that gonna have to keep one. the jersey hanging up in the closet, collecting dust. <laughs> collecting yeah, dust. he was like when he was young. He was my favorite player. Me too. Yeah. Just, uh, he just yeah. has so much swag, man. That's what it was. He's yeah. he's marketable. All right, let's spin this thing again. Here we go. I keep putting it in front of the wrong camera <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get like uh why am, I, why am i forgetting what it is oh, drum roll on. that's it 
Oh go. yeah. Oh my god, this thing's on fire. <laughs> wow. This yeah. thing is on fire. <laughs> These are the guys that we planned to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Do you really have like 30 names on yes, there? Yes, I'm telling you. And I'm <laughs> and I'm Ryan O'Reilly and John. I got Klingberg, Catcheretti, <laughs> Van Riemsdyk, Tarasenko, Taze, Kane, Florence, Tatar, Bertuzzi, Dadanov, Orlov, Hornquist, Brad. That just I mean it goes on oh, and yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> so we're not rigged. So Jonathan Druin. Everybody loves to talk about Jonathan Druin becoming an avalanche because he and Nathan McKinnon combined for a record-breaking season with the Halifax Mooseheads before they were professionals. Um, So everyone thinks that that is something that's destined to just click again in the NHL. Uh, Ezra, what's your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think for uh, a contract that is uh, similar to Evan Rodriguez where it's like, we're just giving you a flyer to see if you can boost your value for next season for one mm-hmm. year. I think he makes a lot of sense. I don't even, uh, he probably doesn't play with McKinnon if he's here. Right. Like, he might, it might, it might work out, but he probably slots in as a third line winger with potential to bump up to the second line. And um, if he ma- reaches that potential, great. And if he doesn't and he can be effective defensively while chipping in offense, great. Even better. Uh, I, I just don't know how effective he can be defensively. So I'm hesitant to, to say he, we should, you know, he's he's a guy who's at the top of my board. But I would say uh, I'm very comfortable with taking a chance on him for cheap. I think it's a good it's a good value bet, and I want the Avs to make a lot of value bets this this offseason. I I think adding one expensive piece or adding a bunch of potential rebound guys, I'd probably go for the rebound guys unless that expensive piece is via trade because I just there aren't a lot of free agents that are going to be expensive that excite me. So. Uh, he's on my list of guys that I'm like, yeah, that's worth a flyer. Let's see what happens. Yeah, because he's got five and a half million from Montreal. I don't think. What do you think? He, does he get? Full, he should be around two or three. Two or three. Yeah, I was gonna say he doesn't not getting five and a half anymore. No, so, I feel like he's like in the one mil category. Like, and bring him on down. Like to me, I think yeah. he's like in the Mulgan tier. Like, okay. if you get anything, you're happy and you don't expect much. Like. And yeah. at that price point, you can pretty much talk yourself into anybody that's not like Darren Helm, right? So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it is like whatever. I mean, I, I do hope that they spend wisely and look for maybe some more upside. Like, I do mm-hmm. have a few ideas we can get into later if we still have time. But um, I just, like, he's already, ha- Montreal was actually his second chance. Yeah, it seems agreed. like like this would be his fresh start. I just he's had years of hand and wrist injuries. He stepped away from the game twice. I don't people don't even remember that he he uh, sat out in Tampa because he wouldn't go to the AHL. Then he went to the player assistance program, which I'm not saying that that makes a player bad. It just that was time away from the game and this and that. And I just. I don't think this is just a matter of like a fresh start bounce back. I think he kind of is what he is. And, and the other thing, like, does he even, is he even still friends with McKinnon? Like, is there yeah. any evidence Good that they question. hang out social media? No. So the whole like, Oh, bring him in for McKinnon. I mean, maybe <laughs> who even knows if like Max is cool with him. Yeah. Like bring well, him in. Like for we him. even see him take pictures and dinner with <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly and no one's right, left exactly. on weirder like, terms than Ryan O'Reilly. And, yeah. And not to say that like he'd be upset, but 
the whole like oh do it for McKinnon and like you said there's like no way that they would play t- with each other if, mm-hmm. if Druan is on no. Max wing then we have like 10 injuries again yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're screwed again so like I said at the 1 million 1 year 1 million it, it's hard to have a really strong argument against anybody other than like is that the best you can do but mm-hmm. more than that mm-hmm. I think they're paying way too much yeah um Brian, Brian, thank you so much for listening and for and for uh, interacting with us. We really, really appreciate it. Brian Sundown says, "Why not if we can afford him?" Um, and then he went on to say, "He seems like a playmaker." Um, so, I think that is his, like his makeup. It's probably what it reads on his elite prospects page is that he's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. But I well, think he that is because was... he scored two goals. So, yeah. <laughs> if you're not yeah. putting the puck in the net, what are you? You're a playmaker. <laughs> you're a playmaker. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I. He also had kind of a run in with his coaching staff, Martin Martin Saint Louis. I remember he had to sit against Tampa earlier in the season because he missed a team meeting or was late to a team meeting or something like that. Um, so that's not necessarily a good look. But I mean, that was kind of the dialogue around Achushkin. Who knows? That's not going to happen every time you get a guy for a million dollars who's had a. a tough go in the NHL though. So I don't think that that's something you can really rely on, but Evan, I'll end with you. What do you think? Do you think Jonathan drew in fits uh, maybe at that cheap mark and how confident are you that he could turn it around? Yeah. I mean, he would fit. I mean, as, as Brian said, I mean, we can afford him. Um, And, you know, it's something I think that would be, you know, a good, a good chance to take on. It's, it's, Again, like Evan, like like Evan, like Ezra said, uh, it's like another Evan Rodriguez uh, mm-hmm. kind of situation, a, a prove it deal. Um, I would say, I mean, it worked with Chushkin. I would say it failed with a, with Rodriguez. Maybe third time's a charm with Druin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, he would provide a lot of assists. Um, I think he would fit well on that second line um, if they if they decide to maybe move Rantanen down to center and play second line center. He could be feeding Ranton in a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, if Nachushkin's back, feeding him back as well. Um, you know, so on and so forth. I think he would fit. Um, it would it'd be hard maybe if he's in the bottom six because I feel like Bednar would want would want like a scorer, mm-hmm. right? He'd want he'd want a depth. He'd want he'd want JT Comfort of last year. Yes, and Druin is not that right. So, not on the other side of the game, which is no. the more important one for that role. I think like yeah. JT's. I think why he was so good at 3C was his tenacity on the forecheck. And that is something like, of course, Confer scored clutch goals, but it had a lot to do with his will and not a lot to do with his skill. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and exactly. I think that that's like, I don't know if I've seen that at a Drew in. I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of skill and not as much will. And I think that's tough but honest assessment of his career so far so i'm with you on that Mm -hmm. for sure and just to touch on the nachushkin thing just for a second i do want to say that we're probably not going to talk about that until the team does until we know exactly what's going on just like you Uh, we're not insiders we don't have any information that you folks don't have as well so don't throw anything at us, all right? We're cool. (laughs) We probably won't still bet on him being there for cap and same. And that's and, probably when we'll hear from him for the first exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or, or not even I want to go back him, to something. But it'll be like, he's here. I just yeah. wonder if they're going to completely sweep it under the rug. Like, what do you mean he's here? There's yeah. nothing to talk about. Yeah, it's that's like, probably well, what's going to happen. That's true. 
Yeah. If he can, if he we'll can pick up where he uh, left off. He'll probably say yeah, like, yeah. oh, his language, his English isn't good enough to do a press conference. <laughs> you know, so. but I still do think, Wait. to me, the most logical progression from what we know is that he'll be there. But yeah, we'll see. Go ahead, Ezra. Um, Sorry, I feel like you're about to no, go no, back okay. to something. That's okay. Yeah, Evan, you said that uh, you think Evan Rodriguez was a, a failed experiment. Yeah. Um, I'm curious why you said that. I just think because most people would think he would be like another Nunchushkin, right? He'd come in and he'd light the world on fire. Mm. He kind of did that to start, but then once he got to like December, January, like he just kind of fell off, right? And in the playoffs, he didn't do much either. Um, and so I think that's like that's what Bednar was looking for, right? And he didn't get that out of him. But he wasn't on reclamation. I mean, to me, like yeah. the new thing was like Yakupov. It was like these former yeah. first rounders that they they kept bringing like Jordan Caron and Marco Dano and like on and on and on. It was like all these, well, they had pedigree and at some point some organization liked them. So let's see. And it was just like, <laughs> they're all terrible. I mean, he was five points in a seven game series in the playoffs. So it's not bad. And he single-handedly yeah. turned the tide with that hit um, in uh, game two. Was uh, it? Yeah. Game two. Yeah. I yeah. feel like for the price point for the 2 million, like he's worth more than 2 million. So like, we almost got lucky in a way. I know, like, people were hoping for more, but what we got for $2 million probably isn't going to happen again. And right. that's kind of the sad thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think yeah. that's really, really poignant because it aligns with what I'm about to say, which is had they gone on another round or two, your opinion of that would be probably different. Yeah. It's I just that the that. outcome didn't result in a deep playoff run. So it's like, how can you say it worked? You know what I mean? So I get it. I get what you're saying. But yeah, I, yeah. if you look at him and his play and his stats, really, 39 points in 69 games for $2 million, sign me up. 11 or five points in the playoffs in seven games, sign me up. I'm, that I thought he played. I will say, though, I mentioned after this playoffs that he did seem like he wasn't the strongest on the puck of, of a lot of the guys. So that yeah. that I did have an issue with, yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's spin this thing one last time. And then we'll close it down because I just have too much fun doing it. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, got to get we... one surprising name. <laughs> I like it, though. <laughs> we should we should do this in our next episode, too. We will. Ooh. Timo Meyer. That's a wow. good one. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. This is an interesting one because he's the caliber player that could fill the 2C role. He's a caliber player that could bring your depth back to kind of where it was up mm. the middle. But are you going to be able to pay the tab? Um, who wants it? Jackie, you want it? Sure. I'll, okay. I like Timo. Um, uh, I watched him a lot in junior, so I nice. I enjoy – I've enjoyed his game for a while. Let's put it that way. But I just – I don't see how he's going to be available. Like, New Jersey traded for him with the intention of – Keeping him. Keeping him and uh, – so is him on our list because like they're going to trade him or because he's going to be like UFA because like we just flat out don't have anything to trade for him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you could stack it all up. Lawson, first round picks, like they're not trading him for that. So um I guess I will say though it's it like it doesn't work out. I was going to say my concern is in 11 games he had two or he had four points he in the playoffs. Hurt, so. He was playing yeah. 
Was he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he got that's his, true. Yeah, because he was coming that back. That's nasty right. Nasty hit, right? And that nasty yeah. hit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that open ice um, hit was pretty true, gruesome. Huh? Yeah. yeah. But like, would one. he be worth the eight or nine million or whatever that he's looking for? I think yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd rather do that than pay seven million dollars for you know someone definitely not as good, not as young. If they could make it work, yeah, he's a guy I'm interested in, but. Um, I just New Jersey's not letting him go, so kind of is oh, what yeah, it is this there. Is, this is it right here. Brutal hit. I forgot all about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's gonna definitely change the way they feel about his performance in the playoffs. It's, it's gonna yeah. be like, Yeah, you sucked, but you were you <laughs> yeah. almost died on this hit. It, so it puts we'll, an we'll asterisk in it. <laughs> it's one of the worst. I kind of hate Jacob Truba, but sometimes those hits are you gotta watch him again, you know. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the uh, one behind the net on? Uh, oh man, who was it? Oh crap! You think it was the Pavelski hit or something? No, so it was know. behind the net. I think it was somebody for Florida. Um, oh, okay. I personally don't like those hits. I think the whole if you touch the chest for a millisecond, it's clean, regardless if right. you drive through the head. To me, I just think that's the most ridiculous interpretation of unavoidable hit. Yeah, like, 100%. guys yeah. skate with their head naturally forward. That's just the way that they skate. And it's like, hey, your head's there to hit first. Yeah. yeah. And bad. every single I one of those Truba hits, he is launching upwards <laughs> with his legs. He is oh, no doubt. There's no committing to the, to yeah, the area. It's, whether he hits chest first or not, those hits have to be taken out of the game. I, I can talk about this forever. Yeah, but, I agree with <laughs> you. I think it's a ridiculous it's interpretation. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, it's just setting up your star players to not be able to perform in the playoffs, a la Timo Meyer. But speaking of his hit fit in Colorado, I mean, he is like a shot-for-shot shot remake to of of Gabe Landeskog. Like, mm-hmm. I would I would pay I would give him a seven by nine and just be like, we'll figure it out if Gabe comes back. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't care uh, if he was available. Sign me up. Yeah. Um. I just I, I agree with Jackie. He's not going to be available. He's a devil. You think too? Yeah, he's a devil. Okay. Evan, what about you? You think he's a devil? Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I agree. I was about to say the exact same thing that Ezra said. He would be a great replacement for Gabriel Landeskog. Um, provide huge provider. Um, I mean, uh, the Avs you know, were linked to him during the the trade deadline. There was there were talks about it, but of course, you know, there's nothing available, right? Yeah. So <laughs> what ha- are they going to trade for? <laughs> exactly right. There's nothing, so you'd have to. He's going to have to hit the market to even be considered to be an app. Right. And there's going to be a lot of teams that would be wanting his signature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, while if he somehow does hit the market, Colorado is probably, I would think, uh, more towards the top of that list, um, just in terms of competitivity. That's not a word, but com- <laughs> com- competitiveness. Right, baby. <laughs> hockey lab, competitivity, baby. Uh, in terms of competitiveness and a chance to win a cup, uh, you know, the yep. Avs do provide that, right? Agreed. The Devils were, aren't quite there yet. Um, maybe they will be by next year. Who knows, right? So, but yeah, I think I think he's going to be a Devil. Um, the Devils gave up too much for him to not bring him back. Agreed. Yeah, cool. and they got the room, so. Got to do it. Exactly. Um, one guy I want to talk about, and then we'll we'll end with whatever you folks want to chime in on. Um, Joe Pavelski. How does that situation work out in Dallas? Does he come back again? Is he up? I think he has another year. Does he have one more year? I, I thought so. it was a one-year contract. Oh, no, Even then, I would give him another year. 
I think he's going to be a guy that, that just takes one-year deals as long as he feels like it. Like, oh, I no, think maybe he's just going to be in that situation. Yeah, where... he's got a one-year, $3.5 million contract that expires this season. Oh, okay. Oh, really? um, I think I think he'll renew it. Yeah. I think at this point, like with his agent stuff, that he's just going to be a guy that that will get short contracts as long as he feels like. Continuing. They gave him a $2 million. I, I was wrong. His AV is five and a half. They gave him a $2 million bonus. Which Ooh. is smart for guys. At oh, that this age. was a performance bonus too. Yeah. Wow. Probably for games played, which for the mm-hmm. over 35 group, you can put in those games played bonuses, which is nice for both parties. I think the way, reason I bring him up is I feel like we, when we talk about a carbon copy of Gabe Laniscog, in terms of positional play in front of the net, I think Laniscog stole a lot of shit from Pavelski. So I feel like that would work. Oh, it's too. amazing what Pavelski can still do at his age. Like, sure, mm-hmm. I, I would take him, Absolutely. especially on a short contract. Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of like defying. <laughs> Father time, just yeah. ride it as long as you want. It was like when Joe Thornton was still yeah. good for all those years. It just sometimes guys get lucky and teams get lucky with players like that. It would be yeah. weird to see him in an Avs jersey. I won't I was lie, say, uh, but then, I would, I would, I would take it because he doesn't yeah. have us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We never have to worry about that again. Uh, no, uh, but I would, I would totally take it too. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean that that net front presence uh, would would be huge, right? I, they I've missed that a lot. He's just year, really good right? at tipping pucks in, act, mm-hmm. like is namely what I point towards, and I think Lannis Gog stole a lot of that technique smartly. Hey, that's um, fine. Yeah, and he's got Landis a bigger Gog, frame. Yeah, yeah, and with Lannis Gog still kind of within the team, I would assume so anyway that he he'll be training and wanting to be involved. Um, if Pavelski does come come in, the two would probably bounce ideas off each other yeah. if I had to guess. So yeah. why not, right? I would exactly. take that. Uh, but obviously the ball's in Dallas's court there. Um, yeah. We'll find so out. We'll see. Well, is there anything the three of you want to touch on before we call it a day? Uh, I'll uh, just throw two names out there, especially okay. since I'm like the I hate it all free agents person. Um <laughs> Of the names you mentioned, you said that he was on the wheel is Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. I know I've talked about him before, but he's kind of fits into that five million for three year kind of category. I think I saw him projected as that, so it's not just me like hopes and wishes. But um if they could get Tarasenko on a contract like that, I think that would be great for the abs. Like they need some scoring talent. And I know some people would say, but he's not a center. I just, I don't care that much. Yeah. Like, I get that somebody has to play center, but I just want good players. And I want mm-hmm. good players that are good fits and that don't cost a million. So if it's him versus the exact same quality player that's a center, okay, maybe they do need a center. But I just don't fixate on it. Like, I just want good players to play on mm-hmm. this team. And the way that Bednar... He plays very much a five-man unit, and hockey's going that way anyway. It's just like, you know, you know how Landeskog was like a center on whatever line he played on, and and Miko can kind of do that. It just doesn't matter to me. Like we're not mm-hmm. at the point where we can be picky. <laughs> we just need better players. Yeah. Um, another in, um, interesting name I saw that you, know, you guys can chime in on. I saw in the an article. I think it was from uh, Frank. I don't know how to say his last name, so I'm not going to try. But um, Saravali, I guess, uh, um, 
buyout candidates, and on there was Anthony Mantha, and I thought, Ooh. that's kind of interesting. Ooh. He only has one year left. I think it was five point something, and even discussed that Washington might be willing to trade something with him in order for them to not have to do the buyout. And to me, that sounds like what the Avs should be all in on is a getting an asset and b getting somebody that has scored in the past, has been a good player, one year deal. If he sucks, oh well. And he's twenty eight. Ha- yeah. And then you have an asset if you know. If he doesn't work out, like that's the kind of deals that they should be in on is, is for them to benefit both directions like that. He's a former, was he a Red Wing too? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I love that, Jackie. That's a great idea. I feel like if the Avs can play the Carolina game from last off season and kind of weaponize their cap space, take on like Carolina with Pacioretty for free from Vegas, uh, make themselves an option for teams that are trying to get rid of contracts. Obviously the players have to be contributors. It's not like Arizona, but, but yeah, Mantha, I I don't know. He didn't manage to work out in, uh, in Washington with pretty good centers. So it gives me a little pause when the abs need to fill out that, that middle of the lineup still and bringing in a winger who doesn't seem like he can elevate to center. That's a little bit concerning, but at the same time, bringing in an asset with him, it seems like a worthy gamble. Yeah. yeah. And I feel yeah. like at worst he's Erod. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's going to get paid a little yeah. bit more, but like there's. If Washington will retain too, then oof. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I like that. Yeah. He had his best year was a 48 point season in 67 games in 2018, 19, which featured 25 goals in 67 games. Play. That's, that's not bad. No, we could use all. another twenty-five goal. I mean, obviously, he'd have to yeah. get back to that. But well, if, and he's if, a guy who plays that net front game too. Mm-hmm. He's he's a big guy. He's he's definitely a power forward, but he doesn't play with like the the nasty edge that you know. I, I feel like I don't like in a power forward. I like a power forward like Gabe, where it's like, yeah, maybe they cross the line every once in a while, but that's not their game. Their game yeah. is playing smart, playing heavy, and I think that is Mantha. He's just not that good at it, but like yeah. he's pretty good at it. Yeah. So decent yeah, enough. To me, that's a that's a solid middle six forward. That yeah, I like that. Too. Maybe getting paid a little too much, but we'll circle that on the on the um, buyouts for good sure. Yeah, a good call. Yeah. And then I'm gonna lose my mind when we're sitting here in like February. And everyone's like, trade for Mantha as a rental, and I'm just gonna like, <laughs> like I'm I'm gonna be out. I'm gonna be like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Well, I think that'll do it for us today on the Mile High Hockey Lab. Thank you, Evan, Ezra, and Jackie, for joining me today. Everything was awesome. I really appreciate you folks. Thank you. Of course. So if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your fellow Avalanche fans. Heck, just share it with hockey fans because we'll probably make them Avalanche fans in one episode Um, (laughs) or or not. So they'll, they'll have a team one way or another if they watch one time. Um, be sure to head on over to milehighhockey.com for all of our articles on the Colorado Avalanche, um, many of which have been written by these three fine folks. And be sure to head to Twitter and follow us there at MHH underscore lab and the website itself at Mile High Hockey. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for the Stanley Cup final. Hope the rest of you folks are. Congratulations oh, yeah. to the Denver Nuggets. Hopefully they can put another championship banner up in Ball Arena. And that'll do it for us today. Signing off, Adrian Hernandez from the Mile High Hockey Lab. You all have a wonderful night. Welcome to, Welcome to. 
Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab.